Today on Happy Say Confused, Ben McKenzie on Gotham, directing, and the OC. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh. That's Sammy. Hi. You, if you point to me, they don't know that you're pointing to me. That's the only way you'll know to speak. Got it. It is my, <laughs> it's been, my cue. <laughs> we've rehearsed this for months. It's true. Um, today's guest is Ben McKenzie. You know Ben McKenzie, of course, from three very notable shows, uh, Southland. One. People love the Southland. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Gotham now in its fourth season. It's two. two. Oh, my Sammy. <laughs> I got distracted by your... There's a costume here of 11 from Stranger Things. I, I got not, distracted That by. was sent Sorry. to me, just to clarify. And three, I'll say three because I don't, can't rely on you. Don't count on me. Uh, the OC, which was, of course, the series that, um, uh, you know, launched his career. Catapulted. Catapulted Ben McKenzie to fame and fortune. Ryan Atwood was, of course, his character on that show. And yes, we talk quite a bit about the OC, Sammy. I know what the people want. They're going to freak out. Um, he's a... Uh, I really liked uh, talking to Ben. I haven't... Uh, I don't think I've spoken to him much before, if at all, but we. I think we did. We connected in a, in a very profound I way. I feel like you guys have probably passed each other in the halls at Comic-Con at yes, some point. I think I probably right. talked to him at Comic-Con, if, yes, if I really plumbed the depths of my memory. Because I remember memory. talking to her at Comic-Con. Marina Backerin, his yes. wife. Uh, his immortal beloved, yeah, yes. That's right. They have a baby together now. I think a two-year-old, actually. Named um, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, not true. <laughs> um, yeah, so we cover a lot in this conversation from uh, the OC and his uh, how that, that show uh, did catapult his career and how he's kind of reconciled that show and the fame and the fortune and the silly, you know, idea of becoming a teen idol, <laughs> um, and and how uh, you know he followed that up with a really uh, stellar work on stuff like Southland, and then returned uh, yet again to for another hit TV show in Gotham, which is now in its fourth season. Uh, ben uh, was on not only to talk about Gotham, but to talk about his directing on Gotham. He has directed his second episode. You can catch that this Thursday evening. Um, I always like it when um, you know actors are you know taking the bull by the horns they want to yeah. you know you want to have some degree of control in, in your career and and ben um is uh, you know interested in producing and directing and uh, and not making 22 episodes of a network show in the future <laughs> we laugh about sort of like the grueling nature of that um I, I really enjoyed chatting with him so that's coming up on this uh edition of happy say confused um also worth mentioning sammy you and i mm-hmm. we want to give our, our quick mini non-spoiler reviews non-spoiler reviews because we um we shared uh, two special evenings at the theater Harry, seeing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I think uh, Sammy now owes me forever because I know it's like annoying. I know. It's I know. like not, like I can't ever be mad at you. <sighs> like it's yes. annoying. Yes. Uh, for now, <laughs> for now, yeah, it'll last a week. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, we had a we had a blast. We had a lot of fun going to see. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's it's very good. I had not read the play. I'm not the Harry Potter aficionado. Mm-hmm. You are. Mm-hmm. I of course know yeah. and love Harry Potter. But the movies. The movies. Never read the books. I've, okay, don't now you're turning the audience against well, me. Well, they should know. <laughs> they know by now to just be yeah. prepared for disappointment when it well, comes to me. I got it. I got this, guys. <laughs> I got the Harry Potter. <laughs> Um, but yes, tons of surprises in there. We're not going to spoil anything. But no, I, but you guys have to see it. 
it's obviously an insanely hard ticket. I walked into these tickets. Um, but six hours of Harry Potter. It's perfect. It's, it's really good. And the production is, uh, stellar. It's just, it's next level. Um, I've never seen anything like it. In the a, audience in literally goes, Ooh, <laughs> it's like amazing. Yeah. It's a definitely a unique theatrical experience. Magical. So, okay. Magical experience. Magical experience. So mm-hmm. yes, that's our, our mini total non-spoiler review. Um, it's uh yeah, it's a fun take on. I'd love to do a spoiler review one day. DM me for spoilers. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. you know. Get up Sammy. She'll be happy to talk <laughs> yeah. at length. Um, yes. So anyway, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of theater in the last week. I saw that in seven you and a half hours of two, angels in America. Two, two act plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and you keep confusing them. No, that's not true. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I think, um, I, won't, I won't, I'm not jinxing it because I've talked to them about this. I think Andrew Garfield's going to come on the oh. podcast. Uh, I saw, I got a chance to go backstage after Angels and see uh, both Lee Pace, who's been on the podcast and is uh, very, very good in the show. He's actually new to the production. And I got a chance to see, see Andrew afterwards as well. And Did you say new to the production or nude in the production? Okay. He Yes. Lee Pace does happen to be naked in this yeah. production. Cool. <laughs> not the entire performance. Was he naked backstage, or did he, he was, put his? I'm not going to betray the trust of a friend. Okay. Um. Yes, they're both excellent in it. So hopefully, I think Andrew's going to be on, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to have Lee back on as well. So we'll see. Um. Anyway, that's theater. But let's talk a little TV with a guy that's had not one, not two, three major successes. Three major successes in television. Um. Ben McKenzie, and of course, one last reminder: review. Rate, subscribe, please spread the good word of Happy Sad Confused. Please. Please. Don't make us beg. Please. Ben, please. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben, if you're listening to this, please. we had a good time. Just yeah, would it kill you, you to write a was, review? If it was as real as Josh thought it was, it felt write real a to review. Me. I felt special. Yeah. Uh, here is this conversation with Ben McKenzie. And remember to check out Gotham this Thursday evening for Ben's second directing effort. Sure, sure. Ben McKenzie is here. There's no official introduction, man. We're just gonna, we're just gonna chat, dude. Like great. two human beings. Oh God, what a novel concept. Well, at least one of us will pretend to be a human <laughs> being. That's your job. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, I thought that was your job. No, no, no. Oh no, oh, we're, we're, just, be, we're oh. so fucked. Oh God. <laughs> um, uh, lots to cover. Uh, congratulations are in order. Uh, Gotham, obviously, uh, what, fourth season, right? Is that what we're in? <laughs> it is. Jeez. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so slowly it flies. And it's not like you now have a kid and a wife and a yeah, wife and directing and all this shit to kind of deal with. So, right, yeah, um, yeah. no, but a, a lot of congratulations in order. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, you, you found yourself, you've become a New Yorker by now. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like a New Yorker by now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's your New Yorker voice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, as much as this, like, Texas-born, you know, guy who lived in California for however many years I lived in there over right. a decade can be. But yeah, we love it here. I mean, it's it's amazing. Do you think you'll stay here after eventually Gotham is done? That's what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. We want to raise um, our daughter and my stepson here if we can. Um, and, you know, we just love it. You know, I mean, we occasionally actually get to see theater and, and yeah. it's just such a, it's such a, you know, an international city. It's just a 
I love LA as well, sure. but, but living here has been just terrific. So. I, I'm one of those rare breeds. I grew up in the city. I, I, I turned out semi-decent. I'm a, I think I'm, so. I'm a semi-coherent human semi, being. for sure. Some values sure, in semi. me. Semi, for sure. Definitely at least halfway. Um, <laughs> where, did you, where, did you, where did you go to school? I went to, so I, I grew up on the mean streets of the Upper West Side, I always oh, like to say. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I went to uh, Stuyvesant, uh, and then I actually... We live uh, right by Stuyvesant. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Newton, the, there's a, there was an old Stuyvesant. Oh, right. Right, 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 um, See, I'm, that shows I'm, I'm ancient. not a real New York. No, it just means I'm ancient. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm glad to hear that you found, because you were in New York for a hot minute early in the Correct. career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, long time ago. Started out here, ended up in LA, and, yeah. and, and I'm so glad to be back. Yeah, totally. So talk to me, I mean, when, you, when you're done with... Because you know you're you're in a you're not in one of these silly little ten episode Netflix shows where you get to like live a, an actual life. Your your life is Gotham. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> like what 22, 24 episodes a year or something like that. Yeah, twenty two, twenty two, old school. <sighs> yeah, yep, so, the way they used to do it back, yeah, in the day. back in the day. I know. I talked to. I had like I had Jillian Anderson in here uh, oh, yeah. like a year or two ago, and she was talking about like just the sheer volume they used to do. Of, they did like 200 X-Files episodes. Yeah, yeah. And like you could see like her like <laughs> eyes glaze over <laughs> and her die inside as she described That's it. That's right. She becomes an alien. Seriously. So when you're when you're done with the season, are you done by now? Just wrapped on Friday. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. So are you are you going to stick around or do you do you go back home? We're actually going to LA after all that. <laughs> We're going to LA for a little bit of uh, work stuff um, okay. and life stuff. But uh, yeah, we get about... Uh, three months off, you know, it's it's the old school network TV season. Um, yeah. Ours is actually a little elongated, um, even from that, because there's, we start earlier, there's a lot of post-production on the show, right. which you probably saw in the episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, green screen work and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so, it is a full-time job. Is, is the lifestyle of like a network 20 plus episode, um, uh, television season like suit you at this point or do you feel like it's like you've put in your time and... I think I'm this may be the last <laughs> <laughs> he says as politely as possible yeah I yeah. mean I think you know everything is changing so quickly obviously and um, and there's so many different ways of telling stories now and it's 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 it is as you have heard I'm sure many many times uh, the golden age of television so if you can tell a story in 10 to 13 or 15 or anything, God forbid, other than 22. <laughs> um, and and be more creatively um, on point. Yeah. Be able to tell a more sort of, um, you know, uh, <laughs> trying to find right words. <laughs> Less meandering, oh, sure. uh, more, fo- more focused. Yes. Let's, let's describe it as more focused and not use negative words. Of course. And use positive words <laughs> to describe it. Find a more focused way of storytelling, then then why not? I mean, yeah. obviously as actors, you're paid by the episode, but it's not like you need to do 22 episodes to sort of. It's it. Yes, there's a lifestyle that I that I look forward to. <laughs> it, it is part of the reason. This is your second directing effort for yeah. Gotham. Um, is part of the reason to do something like this. Also, just like. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it fulfills a few different uh, reasons for you. I mean, you know, opens up a whole new area of create creativity that you can, gr- uh, you know, grow in and explore, yeah. and also just sort of like keeps it fresh. Yes. Um, all those boxes kind of ticking. Absolutely, taking. absolutely. And I mean, you know, uh, probably shouldn't even say it out loud um, for risk that it will never happen. But the 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 goal for me would be to do something where I can be involved on all those different levels, so right. that they can sort of push yourself creatively. I mean, I saw what. Um, what um, 
uh, Jason Bateman did with Ozark, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying I'm anywhere near that. He's a fantastic director. Um, and I don't know him from Adam, so I, speaking of no, but just just professionally, you know, he he um, got that script and became. You did know, he direct like all of those episodes? I don't think like all great, of them, but yeah. he did many. Yeah, and um, and obviously was the lead, and, yeah. and and I think I'm sure was involved in sort of breaking the story and all that stuff. So yeah, that's a great. Kind of, that kind of thing is exactly what I like right. doing. Yeah. So w- when you walk into directing uh, an episode of Gotham, like, you know, it, there's a system obviously in place. Yes. Like, you know, a, a, you don't want to be thrown to the wolves and something like that. And you have to obviously keep consistent with something that you've built over, what, 70 plus episodes that you guys have done. Right. Um, 88. <laughs> Who's an idiot. Who's counting? Exactly. I, why do I imagine 80. in your home there's like a giant wall <laughs> and you like etched in blood after every episode? Yeah, it's an entire wall. It's an entire room, and I just go in there and Rand's like, Ben, can you come out now? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the baby or is that Ben? No, nope, nope, that's <laughs> that's a grown man in there, grown, grown man tears, He's cracked open by network television. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you imagine anything less sort of substantive than like an existential crisis over doing network television? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh God. What a, what a sad existence. Privilege problems. It's okay. Indeed. It's okay. Um, uh, so, but do you still, do you feel like a little room to kind of um, play in that sandbox or do you feel reined in when you're oh, no, no. within the no, Gotham No, 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 no. I mean, there's, honestly, no, I don't feel reined in at all, really. I mean, the, the, the structure is there in a good way um, in the sense that, you know, it's not like you have to start your own. It's not like you get the script and you're like, "Oh, great! I've got to hire the crew and I've got to build the stages and I've got to, you know everything is there." And and honestly, we really and this is truly not even me kissing their their ass uh, asses, but um, we have unbelievably talented people um, both in front of the camera but behind it. I mean, yeah. we have two DPs that are phenomenal um, and. Um, Production design team, it's incredible, um, unbelievable um, uh, visual effects that just won an Emmy actually last year oh, nice. for their work on the show. Um, so we've got an unbelievable sort of ball club that you that you get to sort of manage for you know <laughs> a game or whatever the equivalent <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, one game out of eighty-eight, um, <laughs> and and so that's really freeing. And then you you're able to kind of play within it. I mean, based obviously on the script that you're given. Right. And was this like is it the luck of the draw of like what script you get? Pretty much. I yeah. mean, you know, quite frankly, uh, John Stevens, our showrunner, um, did me a real solid by by um, assigning me um, Charlie Houston, who wrote the script, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a terrific uh, writer and novelist as well. He assigned me, or so assigned Charlie to that script so that I ended up getting this terrific script, which had a lot of really fun stuff in it. A lot of uh, effects work, so there's a fair amount of green screen. Um, sure. But... Um, so that was new to me. You know, I really had never done that as a director. I'd never done any green screen work. So that was that was interesting. Um, but man, I, I got lucky and it, made, it helped me look good. And you, because uh, I remember also it came up a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys are still trying to develop it. The um, the Dickey movie, the uh, R.A. Dickey oh, yeah, movie, yeah, right, right. Which I still hope will come to fruition in some capacity. Yeah, Is it still so. some of you guys are trying to work on or we, someone else or what? Yeah, I mean, it's around, you know, I think the problem is, those movies that because it's you know it's a, it's a it's a movie that takes place that partially takes place in the major in the major leagues it's about Ari Dickey the uh, knuckleball uh, pitcher who um, you know spent over a decade in the minors and then became you know 
suddenly, seemingly, seemingly suddenly, but actually over the course of, you know, 20 years, became one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, and uh, my partner, Logan Marshall Green, and I, uh, Logan, who famously played Trey on the OC. I think <laughs> Most that's famous, how, obviously. That, yeah. I think that's how people will know him through <laughs> oh, me, in a oh, sense. Oh, God. I mean, he has <laughs> much better body of work, but I'll reduce it for, for the audience to that. Um, uh, we, uh, in a way, found a story and wanted to tell it. It's hard to make those those movies in that medium range, is what I guess I was originally yes. saying. It's yeah. like, it's really hard. You need, you know, you would need Major League Baseball licensing. You need to make it fit. You know, and that's just, that's just a really hard thing to do. So, are you guys to, still trying to work on other stuff and trying to yeah, yeah, other yeah. He's got other things. He actually just directed his first movie. Logan oh, nice. um, just directed a script that he wrote um, that Blumhouse uh, produced, and um, Ethan Hawke starred. And I assume I can say all this. I hope so. Anyway, it's too yeah, late. End now. of a, end of a friendship. <laughs> yeah, I know. These things have to end. They, they run their course. Often anyway. they end on podcasts. Yeah, I know, right? It's all over now. Um, it's really the 2018 to end a, a way to end a friendship over a podcast. <laughs> Super modern, at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're always the cutting edge. Yeah. It's, it, it strikes me like, you know, we, we've been joking about sort of like the time you put into like these TV series. Like the three the ones that you're, you know, most known for, of course, that have sucked in a, a big portion of your life out. In a good way, I mean. Suck might be the wrong word. Why are you describing it exactly the way I think of it? In your diary. <laughs> sucked in the best possible way. But... But wait, what do you okay, mean? Okay, no, I'm going to turn this into <laughs> no, positive. Just, just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but they are all like, they couldn't be more different from each other. I mean, right. aside if you did like a three-camera sitcom, I guess that would yeah, really, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. we'd go somewhere right, way right, different. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you start, you know, on something like The O.C., which is like slick and, and everyone's just gorgeous <laughs> and, 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 and kind of meticulously produced in its own way right. to like the rough and tumble Southland uh, and then to another kind of meticulous but very highly stylized world of Gotham right. um, like when you look at all these three jobs like does it feel like you they're, they're three wildly different jobs when yeah, you think I about think it so. do Absolutely. you think about them that way or I do I, 100% and I take and I've taken different things from each of them yeah um, and I sorry no no well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say I guess um, I didn't really have a question except I was throwing a lot of information out there but to say like mm -hmm. what, what <laughs> um, mm -hmm. does does Gotham feel like something that was built on the shoulders of those experiences or did it feel like starting from scratch or did it feel analogous to anything you'd done? I think you're always building on what you've done before in the sense that, you know, you, one of the, one of the wonderful things about, um, a really tough business, um, which can be, the highs can be very high and the lows can be very low is that if you are sort of mildly functional, um, you are, absorbing a lot of information that you're not even necessarily aware of until you get to the next job. And then right. you get to the next job and you realize, because inevitably on any job, any, any life, you know, there's decision trees throughout your life. Every day, almost every minute of every day, yeah. there's like, I could handle the situation this way right. or this way. Right. Usually you start by doing the wrong thing <laughs> as you're young and you make many, 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 many mistakes. But if you're smart, you think, okay, well, I won't handle it that way next time. And you also just sort of, you know, you, you absorb, you know, you absorb so much um, of an intuitive understanding of how things work. Right. And going from the OC to Southland, going from, like you said, that sort of like slickly produced soap opera-y type thing to a real rough and tumble John Wells produced, like intense experience was such an education yeah. that I was able to take that... Um, experience to Gotham and I think that's actually 
in a way, I think that's how Bruno Heller, who created Gotham and wrote the part of Gordon, you know, thinking of me, I think that's how he, I'd probably register on his radar. I mean, I'm, they were all Warner Brothers. They're all Warner Brothers shows, so they've, I've worked at that company for a long time. But I think that was an opportunity to show people Gotham, uh, Southland was an opportunity to show people that, you know, you can do just some other things. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's obviously very easy if you uh, are only doing a teen soap that there's many people who sort of never yeah. are able to continue on. In, in and it's any... a comfortable life, too, if you want to kind of just kind of ease into it. And... Yes, yes, yes. And so you have to kind of like prove your, uh, prove your worth doing other stuff. Yeah. And, and I think that was helpful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do. I do. I literally think of Gotham as, as the sort of bizarre and certainly unplanned like culmination of yeah. another decade prior of different work, you know, where I can kind of fuse the two a little bit. Gotham, like, you know, also came, you know, at a very unique time, like in our pop culture history where like Mm -hmm. comic books, you know, took over the landscape and like, cause I remember when I, we're we're roughly around the same age, but I remember when I was a kid, like the odd comic book inspired TV show was like, just like such a, it was like, I remember the the original, the flash TV show. Right. right, right, And it was like so exciting and they usually were horrible. (laughs) Yes, they were. But like it was like so it was it was you know very rare yeah and then someone like like Bruno Heller who had was coming off of, was he doing Rome right he, was, and, he did Rome and then the Mentalist and then and then Gotham yeah, yeah so I mean like to, the fact that like these kinds of shows were were and are attracting kind of the level of talent they yes. are now is is, yes. is such a, a difference were you I know this is the standard like a Comic Con question but like I'll no, ask it anyway uh, oh, growing up were you into comics was was that your world or what was give me a sense of your sensibilities as a as a I think kid it, of the 80s 90s yeah 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 I think it was kind of um, you know it, it it was present in the sense that you know you hardly you could hardly escape comics you know if you're a child of of our approximate age um Unless you sort of like purposefully, right. like, I absolutely <laughs> loathe, which would be a bizarre stance to take as a as a young child. Um, so, I remember seeing the Burton Batman's in the movie theater, um, which had a huge effect, um, or a, a, obviously a an effect on me. Um, I never was an aficionado. I mean, weirdly enough, and to um, not to like. Uh, uh, jump into some sort of uh, battle between Warner's and uh, between uh, DC and Marvel, but Iron Man was like the, the thick comic that I had. Um, the like, and that we had a nice like bound copy of like a one of the graphic novels of, right. of Iron Man. But um, I think the Frank Miller Batman's were very impactful when I was like a teenager to finally yeah. kind of stumble upon those and think about, oh wow, there's like a whole other way of doing this that's much more. That was, you know, kind of scary at the time. I agree. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm a couple years older than you, but I do remember Dark Knight Returns. I remember reading then, like, Watchmen and, like, these kind yes. of, like, adult comics that was just, like, it, it really kind of was, like, it exploded your brain. Because, right. like, it just, like, reoriented, like, this is even possible and this, like, it's like sne- you're sneaking something past your parents. Totally. And especially <laughs> given where pop culture was at the time, it wasn't. That wasn't what we were seeing on the screen, right? right. What we were seeing on the screen was like, da 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 da. You know, it was right. like Joel Schumacher was doing Batman and Robin at the same time that you saw, <laughs> right? You know, right? It was like George Clooney's uh, uh, the nipples, nipples were, were, were out there while you were reading about, you know, sort of existential crises of crises of of you know, like grim neo noir like no totally. you know, worlds. It was it was a total, yeah, it was a little bit of a like 
good slap in the face. Like, I like, oh, wow, this is exciting. So, so has been like kind of, you know, living in this world for a few years made you, um, is, is it, is there an oversaturation point where like the last thing you want to do is watch like a superhero movie at this point or are you still? Yeah. I mean, there is, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, I, 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 it depends on what it is, but I, I think we're at a saturation point in general, but, but, but you know, then again, you know, um, Black Panther, which is, I, I actually have not seen it. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I have two kids. That's my only excuse. Um, I am planning on seeing it. I bet it's fantastic. Um, I know several people in it. I'm really excited to see it. Uh, but other than and Black Panther made a billion uh, or billions, uh, Avengers yeah. will make a fortune. Deadpool two is going to be the <laughs> I'm hot, gonna say, are hot you movie on of Deadpool? the summer. What's going on? But but I think that overall, especially in television, how many shows they're being made. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, really, we're going to do another one. Yeah. Like I think at some point we have to kind of, you know, move on to something else. Although, defined broadly enough, what is a superhero show? Right. Like you could. Right. Sort of take any particular point of view you want. Well, and I think that's what it's certainly, especially in film, we're seeing that the ones that are breaking through, uh, if there's a silver lining, it's like when you see something like Justice League, which I'll say because, you know, I don't want get, you to get in trouble with DC, was not a great success <laughs> creatively. Um, and that, see, the audience reject that. Right. But then to embrace something that feels a little innovative, whether it's Logan, which really, you yes, know, went, went, went in, a, in a great direction, or Black Panther, or Guardians, you know, it's the ones right. that are kind of screwing with kind of the conventional um, format that mm-hmm. seem to, mm-hmm. and, and that's needed because, as you say, we're getting s- seven to ten movies and seven to ten TV series a year. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And right now it seems to be, you know, not to like define it too broadly, but it seems like the ones that can send themselves up and have a sense of humor about, yeah. the, the, you know, Guardians or Deadpool or whatever, and or the ones that um, have a different cultural reference point, different point of view, like Black, Black Panther, the sure. ones that are going to like at least shift a conversation a little bit and keep it fresh, yeah. keep it interesting. Um you know, and I'm happy to watch them and enjoy them, yeah. though, those specific ones. Yeah. But everything else is kind of like, I, you know, it's overload. And, totally. And honestly, you know, if you're living in it, you just kind of want to. <laughs> what was funny about Gotham was we, you know, from when Bruno first called me and sent me the script that he'd written, you know, the conversations that he, he and I were having, and, and Danny Cannon as well, who directed the pilot and is our, you know, our, our, our maestro of the, the look and feel of the show from a, from a visual standpoint. They were the references were all, you know, kind of like seventies New York, mm. um, and and this doing this noirish show set in the world of Batman that really wasn't clearly didn't have Batman in it and it was wasn't as I think kind of it 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 wasn't exactly what the show became <laughs> to be completely honest yeah, with yeah. you yeah. not in a necessarily a bad way but I think that's sort of the demands of, of network television it wasn't it was supposed to be a little bit more you know, at least not that we ever would have gotten away with it, given the powers that be, but like what we wanted to do, I think was a little bit more like Raven Chandler-esque, a little more, you know, this kind of... That year one feel, if I think of the comics. In a big way. More than any other reference point or or, or, um, Gotham Central. Like that, you know, inside a police department that happens to be in the most famous, you know... um, um, uh, uh, pretend city that's ever existed <laughs> um, that has this Batman character lurking in the deep, deep background, but is really more about 
um, the kind of Greek tragedy of a city, uh, an entire, like, set it in a place that's completely falling apart that will only right. continue to do so as this one guy, this one everyman, normal guy has to kind of, like, you know, um, beat back the barbarians at the gate and, right. and ultimately fail in order to to manifest his destiny, which is to, you know, basically be the, the, the Batman before there's a Batman. Right, right, right. Hard, hard to resist that rogues gallery, though, in the, in the beginning. Yeah. It's, it's like you've got so much kind of juiciness, and I think you guys have been able to achieve a balance. I mean, it's, it's um, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, every show goes through that, though. It, it's... And, and when you're doing network TV, it's like, well, we want our, you know, we want our bad guy to come in. We want to have the stuff for the tra- the teaser trailer yeah. to run for the episode, and we want to... You know, and like you got to keep yeah. priming the pump, and there's always that um, unfortunate and and almost inevitable when you're doing 22. Like, well, what's what's next week's big action sequence that we're gonna, you know? So uh, let's go back a little bit. So you were you were born and raised in Austin. Yes. Before it was cool and hip to be in Austin, you were you were a <laughs> trendsetter. Right. I'm an OG. <laughs> when it comes to- was Austin that much different back when you were growing up? I mean, I've only been in, again recent years because of like South by. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels like it's you know now every Friday Night Lights member lives there. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Take yeah. it over. I know. Well, you know, we got a strong. Uh, it, it does feel. I mean, it's 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 it hasn't changed. Um, it's not completely different than it was growing up, but it was a much smaller town. I mean, it has grown unbelievably yeah. fast, just just sort of um, in terms of its actual physical size, which which becomes something more than that because I've, effectively, so many of those people are transplants, right? Right. Not, not to knock them, it's it's great. Um, I think the culture has remained seemingly. When I went back for Christmas for a week or two, it seems like pretty similar, mm-hmm. um, you know. But you. Not to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but you you will you know you do bemoan a little bit of the like smaller town charm or sure. or the Austin keep Austin weird that right. old bummer sticker like you it's not quite as weird as it used to be you know what I mean <laughs> it's like it's weird but it's also got all this like you know um, tech yes. you know money and 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 which is great it's got a lot of like you know. Baristas wearing uh, <laughs> their, their overalls and mustaches, like um, serving you your five dollar lattes and whatnot. So we'll just live in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like Williamsburg. It's become like the, the Williamsburg. The, the world has become Williamsburg, uh, basically. Um, Love Williamsburg. So, in growing up, you you did have some connection to the business. I know. I mean, your uncle is and was a successful screenwriter, correct? Yeah, and playwright, and uh, yeah, yeah, Robert Shank, and um, and that's how I first. Uh, you, that's how it first creeped in my, into my subconscious that I could even possibly do this at some right. point later, which I hadn't decided until I was sort of in college, really. But um, but I saw uh, this play that, he, that my uncle Robert wrote, um, The Kentucky Cycle. I saw that um, first in L.A. and then on Broadway um, when I was like 12, maybe, something like that. And um, I remember because my mom had, uh, we had to get blazers and, um, <laughs> and buy blazers, matching blazers and slacks and a, and a, and a dress shirt and a tie and nice. go to the, go to the theater. I appreciate that you wore the same exact outfits on the podcast <laughs> today. You can't see it, but I swear I'm wearing the same. It's outfit. a little tighter on him now. It's he grew so up a little tight. bit. It's weird, but <laughs> really shows off the muscles. Um, I, uh, 
I remember seeing that, and that that was like a, had a big had a big effect. It's so, funny. It's funny because like I, I I try to go to the theater as much as possible here in New York. Why not? If you're yeah. in New York, you want to take advantage of that. And yeah. I always think when I go to like like I got a chance to see Angels in America, this new mm-hmm. production, nice. which is like right. seven and a half hours. And it's like, and I think what I'm saying there, like I'm appreciating it, and I and I and I always hope and think that it's very likely that there is someone in that audience. Like yeah. theater has that ability uh-huh. to, I feel like, just ignite something in uh, a kid. Um, and spark a passion, like even almost more than a, a film can, right? In a way. Well, every every time I sit in that in a theater audience, I look across those young young faces in the, the audience, the seventy year olds with their blue hair, and I think <laughs> they're just going to be inspired to change. They're going to become <laughs> brand new. They're going to be the artists of the next. Year. No. <laughs> no, you're right. So cynical. No, you're right. Well, I should be the cynical one. <laughs> I was born and raised in New York. <laughs> you were no, keeping but, Austin weird. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're cool. right. You're right, though. You're right. I think nothing can nothing can 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 mimic um, experiencing something live. Yeah. And I think it's actually. I would argue it possibly. I don't know because I'm not a member of this generation. But it would be only more true today because young people are uh, <laughs> are so inundated with visual right. screen you know, experiences of creativity as opposed to live. Like an, uh, the novel idea yes. of actually something yes. being in their presence. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and maybe it's Hamilton for this generation, mm-hmm. which great, or, or whatever the, the experience is, but it, it reminds you that, you know, there is such a thing as like true unfiltered performance right. live in front of you without heavy editing and green screen work and all this other stuff. So were those kind of lofty ideas in your head when you were taking up acting in college or was it, um, oh, there's some attractive girls over there. I want to go where they are or what was the, do I have to shoot? Uh, I think it was, it was definitely, um, a little bit of both, but it was, I was really, um, in that way that I think teenagers, um, are particularly prone to like searching for something that wasn't just, my studies that were sort of further right. dry and I was studying economics and political <laughs> science and I was, you know, kind of had this like, yeah, this is really interesting, but man, why am I, you know, kind of not inspired? Why is this doesn't, this doesn't feel like right. a passionate pursuit. It feels a little sort of, you know, intellectual. And, um, and you see a play or two and then you take a, a, a you do an acting class or two and then you really, um, just sort of give over to it and you, you fall in love. So that's Virginia, correct? Yes, right. Uh, moved to New York. You just set the world on fire here. No, not quite, not quite. <laughs> I think I was third spear carrier from the left, like almost literally <laughs> in a production here, one production, and uh, and that was basically my... But why did you move to New York and not L.A. at first? Because that was the dream, right? I mean, that yeah. was not to be... This is true. I would really... I, I, I just felt like... If I was going to try this and fail, which I assumed I would, um, because it's a tough business and I didn't, I was, you know, certainly humble enough to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Um, fail the right way and fail in the way of doing like off, off Broadway theater and, and waiting tables. And I accomplished both of those. I did off, <laughs> off Broadway theater and I did waiting tables. And, um, and then, you know, LA was this foreign land. I really didn't have, you know, I went to school on the East Coast of Virginia. Um, the people that I knew, um, out of school or mainly moving to New York either to go to grad school or to, to, to get into it. Right. And, um, it just seemed natural. Um, and I did that for a second and then I got lucky. I, a friend of mine, a friend of my uncle's actually, um, uh, was willing to introduce me to his agent in LA gotcha. and I, you know, over 
course of six months, like finally, you know, book something, but, um, started to get a few guest spots here and there. Yeah. So how long, what kind of period of time are we talking before the quote unquote big break and the OC happens? Well, it was really quick in terms of, oh, I moved out to LA. So I spent less than a year in New York. Um, it was nine uh, eleven. also happened like that same year. Right. So it was a very strange time to be here. Um, and, and hard to, the business was obviously yeah. Yeah, weird, you know, kind of, uh, pause because you know some bigger things were happening um ended up going to la and a year after that i booked the oc after yeah. almost a year to the day that i let, that and was I it at the time just another audition or did it, was it it was i was i was getting some traction at um warner brothers because um i was t i tested for some other pilot that never ended up going and it, and then when that didn't happen they were like oh we'll come in and and right. read, and read for the for the um, for the OC. So yeah, just luck, just luck. And, sure. and how, when you think back to those early days of that show, yeah. like, is it, does it feel like a blur? Like it sort of happened quickly because it feels like remembering when it came yeah. on, once it came on, it, it, it immediately like struck a chord with that right, core right. audience. Yes. Did it feel like that to you? Like a whirlwind? Oh yeah. Time? Total whirlwind. Um, and now it's kind of fuzzier cause I'm so old, <laughs> but, uh, but total, but a blur, in, in, in the way that it went down for sure, because you just, you just, you can't possibly, n no one I would argue, but certainly not a 23 year old, 24 year old kid, whatever I was, can possibly kind of keep up with how fast your life has changed. I mean, I went from sleeping on the floor of my friend's apartment in the valley, the floor of the very nice but modest apartment in the valley, and driving a car that I bought for literally $500 um, off of the penny saver. Um, that I had to, you know, slip the guy at 20 to like pass the smog inspection because that was <laughs> never going to work out. Um, 1986 Cadillac DeVille, um, 228,000 miles on it <laughs> to, uh, no AC, uh, radiator shop. Um, are you going through something right now? Do I, yeah, I, leave? I, just, are you I okay? mean, I know the story very well because I lived it and it was a very like, I don't know that I, you know, that year, first year in LA was like the loneliest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Like, you know, like, no, there's like, nothing worse probably than not succeeding in LA. Yes. Abs. Right. Put it very well. Cause it's only, it's You're a just town surrounded that only yes. exists for success. Right. And it's only there to sort of like, Spur you to be competitive with every possible <laughs> like, what person. What is your function you? in the universe oh here if you're God. not actually able to get the right table exactly. and be recognized? <laughs> what fucking use do you I have? I know. I do find it that way. I mean, I can't. And maybe it's different if you're not. If you're one of the, the the blessed few who are not in the entertainment business out there. But it's such a it's such a beautiful place in terms of the weather and the beach and all that. And it's such a competitive place. You know, yeah, I find it really, really kind of insane. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I got a call and I auditioned and I got it and, and life, you know, I, if I went from, you know, effectively having, you know, a dollar to my name to all of a sudden I'm the, you know, the lead, one of the leads of this, this, this hit show. And yeah. it was like, it was a real, uh, it was a doozy <laughs> as, they, as the kids say. As the kids say. I still use that phrase. Yeah, I appreciate sure. that. Right. Um, how did you deal with fame at the time? Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I did. I, mean, I think I did like 
<laughs> on the scale. I was going to say on the relative yeah, scale. Yeah. On the I don't. S- I haven't seen too many horrible mug shots <laughs> exactly. or whatever of you. That's like- true. I've never been arrested. Uh, I feel like I should point that out. Um, I feel like on the scale of teen idols, I did great. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I don't have a reality show yeah. that I'm you starring hit it in. Well. Whatever shit you were going I through, I don't so know well. about it. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you very much. No, it was fine. It was just like you know you you. My, my after years of uh, therapy, I'm able to finally like um, perceive it in the eyes of a 39 year old man uh, in the way that I think at least it's better. It, it has some context, which is you. I I knew enough to know I didn't deserve it because no one deserves it, right? Uh, because it's not a thing that one. <laughs> it's not like you, you know no one deserves like all that sort of attention, fame, money, all that. But you don't know enough not to handle that as, as um, gracefully as one ought to. And and then you really can't, not at that age. I mean, no one really can. Um, It it seems like a recipe to to turn anyone at that age, like 20 to 25 with that kind of success, that kind of heat, people throwing themselves at you in different metaphorical and whatever ways. You inevitably, that brings out the asshole, I think, in all of us to some degree. Absolutely. Because you're kind of like, <laughs> you're kind of, it's, it's, it's hard to resist. And it's also just, it's a way of like, um, you, you, you're also really scared. You know, you're also really, you, it happens, it happens so fast and you're like, well, this guy, I was just, I was the same guy I was. Yeah. That's the mindfuck where it's like I was literally that guy. So that was, why yeah. are yeah? So why is it all you know? And and so it's hard to find you know. And in general, in LA, it's hard to find people you can trust. It's hard to find meaningful relationships, romantic or otherwise. Um, and it takes it takes time, and it takes making some mistakes to be able to correct them. Did did, did Fox try to like cultivate like an image for you? Like because you're playing this kind of bad <laughs> boy guy. Was well, there an active kind of like? We need to kind of like portray because you you're not that guy. Well, if you yeah yeah no that's true that's very true and I remember like pushing back pretty strongly. But I remember <laughs> did they cultivate an image? I'll give you a very specific example of how they cultivated an image when the when the show first came out. They did these like one sheets these you know the the posters that were in I don't know malls and bus stops and whatever and uh, and they did a like a, a Photoshop version of our, of our of our each of us as a, a kind of a you know like a glamour shot and they added this cg'd uh stubble to my face to mm-hmm. make me look like i basically looked like george michael i had this like really blonde <laughs> hair and i was obviously very young and better looking than i am now and and they added in this this bizarro stubble that just didn't exist i was like a baby face kid and so i looked like i, I pull up the image and you'll see i look like george michael or a, or a you know whatever a cook a um uh Whatever Hitler Youth slash <laughs> slash slash George Michael, they're putting to that Hitler Youth audience. Yeah, those exactly. Two. But it was like it was really bizarre, yeah. right? And 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 I remember just going, "Oh, I'm on a I'm on a trip now that I have no control over." You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no handbook for there's this. There's no you can't disavow an image that's like, "Oh, that's that's kind of like me." But then they just went a whole other direction, and you have to kind of go, "All right, I'm playing the role of." in our own limited, you know, whatever we were Thursday nights at eight on Fox way, rock star, you're playing the like right. young rock star role. So you like, 
you have to meld that with your reality, which is that you're sleeping on the floor of your friend's apartment in the valley and driving a $500 car. <laughs> I would imagine you've gone through quite a journey in reconciling that show, which obviously made you made yes. your career and you can never forget that. <laughs> I can never. <laughs> I mean, no one will ever let, thank you. Jordan. No one will ever let me forget that. That's true. But <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot it yesterday and now you're bringing it back no, up. No, no, no. But in terms of reconciling, like this did all these great things for me. I wouldn't be here without it. 100%. But also it's, it, it follows you probably every day. Every day. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I am incredibly grateful for it. I learned an enormous amount from it. Um, it, you know, put my name out there so that someone would hire me for a show afterwards and, and, and you know, paid me money and did all these wonderful things. Um, and yet you have mixed feelings about it. And I think that, you know, I'm at the risk of, like, you know, offending somebody out there who loves the show, those are two different things. Right. I love the show, too. It was great. I had a great time on it. I'm proud of... I was going to say all, and then I was like, most? I was like, definitely a good percentage, percentage of the work that I did. A good percentage. Okay, good. There were some unfortunate hair choices, I'll be honest. There's some self-tanner that I think probably should, I should not have agreed to be self-tanned. You're that a way. company man. You know, I'm a company man. But, uh, but there were... You know, there's a lot of great stuff out of there, and and at the same time, I have to allow myself um, to to you know to <laughs> to create a distance there, and to yeah. go, yeah, that was a part of my life. It has now been 15 more years, and I'm a slightly different person and than I was at 23 years old. And you've built a body of work past it now, yeah. like, and it's like I would imagine a tiny little part of you dies inside when like you've coming off of Southland and you're in the middle of Gotham and it's like, and you're at the Starbucks and someone yes. screams Ryan Atwood. Exactly. At correct. Correct. And, and it's not, I don't blame people for that. Like, that's fine. I, I, you enter this pop cultural, you know, the zeitgeist and like if even for a minute and, and people will always have that reference, right? Like I'm staring at your, at your wall and it's, you know, it's yeah, Michael J. Fox. Fox will always be Marty McFly. Yeah. Marty. <laughs> you know, people probably still yell at him. Yeah. And, and honestly, it actually becomes quite a lot easier um, as you get older and have a body of work to say, yeah, cool, man. You, rec you recognize something. Admittedly, I did 15 years ago, but like, that's great. That's right. not a problem because I also have Southland. And every time I go to an airport, like the TSA guys are like, dude, South, because every TSA guy aspires to be a cop. And then, uh, and then, you know, the Gotham, you know, the, 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 the comic book fans, like a lot of them anyway, are like really into that. So, yeah. you know, but you, that's, that's the thing that's so hard to appreciate, right? Like at, at 23, 24, 25, when you don't have anything else to define you, that defines you, right? In right. the eyes of the public. And it's hard, especially if you went to college like I did and you studied all these subjects and you, you know, your uncle's a, an acclaimed like playwright, screenwriter. You have aspirations beyond being a teen idol. You never intended to be a teen idol. That was never the. I never went to University of Virginia acting class going. You know what? If I can just master this like <laughs> scene in Streetcar, then I will absolutely get. Yeah. You know the next teen heartthrob role on the Fox summer series. You know the OC, and and yet it happens. And so you got to go. All right, great. This is going to be a weird trip. It's going to be a weird ride. I'm going to look like George Michael for a minute. Um. And then I'll get to if I work hard enough and if I get lucky enough and I kind of like just breathe, I can eventually do something else that will be a little bit more, you know, what I actually want to do. I would imagine sense. Southland remains one of the most creative, fulfilling yeah. 
experiences of your life. And th- those that saw that show, it was probably a lesser audience than uh, OC, but the people that saw it. Oh yeah, a lot less. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. It was. I'm not yeah. knocking yeah, yeah, either yeah. of them. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and I think that you you understand that as you get older, like there's a trade off, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it was. It but was, and the people that saw it acknowledged and loved it, and right. like and and and, and were and obsessed I, with it. And I learned that I didn't have to like. You come from, you know, sort of um, acting classes and 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 doing theater, albeit you know off off Broadway theater, and you go suddenly you get thrown into, you know, teen soap like the OC, and you're like, wait, is it possible to do that acting thing that I originally did, you know, just at like in college <laughs> theater, um, is it possible to do that on screen? Because I, right, these are pretty different. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. And you can have that same creative experience yeah. um, or, or similar creative experience. Um, not to knock the other, was, there was interesting stuff to do in the OC too. Yeah, if, if, even if it was a little melodramatic or whatever. Um, and being able to like finally like join those two parts of your, of your, of your um, psyche, they're like, they're like, oh, this is my public face and this is my private person and I can mm-hmm. actually be proud of um, both together and not have to you know do some weird right you know psychic splitting <laughs> it, it was a was a very good experience it is um and we alluded to a little bit sort of where, where your head's at like a, you know knee deep in Gotham in season four and, and, and wanting to you know what the producer direct more but like are you do you feel like you know, you have a very busy life. You have a very busy work life. You have a very busy family life right, right yeah, now. Right. Um, are you strategic about sort of the future and sort of like th- thinking about the, the long haul in terms of like theater or film or a different kind of TV that's not 22 damn episodes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, what, you know, are you, do you feel like you are in control of that? Because, you know, I have this conversation with actors a lot of times. Like right. people, I think everyone on the street kind of just assumes like, oh, you're making all these choices. Yeah, right. There's some choice. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. some choice for the rare, for the Tom Cruise out there. For sure. But um, 99% that are lucky enough to work, it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, look, you're riding both, the waves, right? Like, but the, but it is incumbent upon you. I've always believed to create some of your own opportunities, yeah. and you have to. And certainly, that is true right now. I mean, the great news about um, about uh, the changing nature of you know how we consume content is that the way we produce it has changed, or the way that we distribute it has changed, and that's just allowed so many different people to have so many new creative experiences. Like before, it's you know. There were four or five channels, and um, all that stuff had to go right through them. Yeah, and so they owned it, and they controlled exactly. And if, unless you were in with, you know, it's a little bit like the mafia, right? Like unless right. you're in with them, unless you like, you know, somehow manage to squeak in, then you're you're on the outside. Now, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of television shows being made in all different kinds of formats. There can be five hundred different series next yes. year. I saw that number. It's isn't that extraordinary. Where you must have, I don't know what the number is, but imagine, you know, four or five networks. It must have been, I, yeah, I can't do the math quickly enough. Exactly. Something in that realm. Yes. Like, certainly it is more than doubled, if not, if not trebled or even more in, in a very short amount of time, relatively speaking, like less than 20. I mean, when we did the OC in 2003, I mean, there was cable, but that wasn't, I don't think. Michael Chiklis had won for The Shield yet. Right. And that was the big, that was a like, big turning point. Yeah. Big turning point for, for cable being recognized as like a platform where people could, and the, the Sopranos and all that stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, that's what I'd like to, I think every, every, 
so many artists aspire to have some control over their creative sure. life and, and still get paid. <laughs> the, 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 the inevitable, <laughs> like, oh, you can control your artistic life, but no Doing a to, puppet yeah, show exactly, in a theater for 10 people. Right, exactly. Vero <laughs> Beach, you like Vero Beach, you can go down to some theater down there, whatever you want. Right. Um, uh, I think now more than ever, it's, it's doable, but you got to do it and you got to, you know, certainly get lucky. Um, but you also got to create your own luck and you got to push forward. So that's certainly, certainly something that's on my mind a lot. Is there a kind of a thing, whether it's a specific project or like just like a different aspect of, of the career, whether it's directing or producing or if it's doing comedy or something else that like that, that kind of gnaws at you that that's really, um, consuming your, your brain a lot lately. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real political junkie, so I'm sort of interested in things that touch on um, either politics per se or sort of kind of, um, you know, kind of larger societal issues that, that, that are possibly intractable, like kind of, you know, um, capitalism and the kind of the... the um, Oh, I'm going to meander. Anyway, no, okay. I, I, I noticed because I was looking at your Twitter feed and I, I only kind of like, I got like, I feel like I keep saying, you know, after the election, I became more weaponized. Like, you know, I was an Upper West Side liberal my entire life, but like suddenly after the election, my Twitter feed turned from like entertainment to politics. Like right. on a dime, like, totally. I, like you just had to totally speak up or. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how, and that's, that's, um, um, always been a, a little bit, uh, a, a, a little, a little part of me, but it's certainly true now because how can you not? I mean, if you have any perspective whatsoever, you can understand that we're living in an unusual time and one must react to what's happening. I mean, on a basic level for survival right. in, in terms of our country, because it certainly, it has to stand for a few things. Otherwise it, it, um, it stands for nothing. And if it stands for nothing, um, and I mean this not in a, I mean this not in a, um, you know, oh, America's, I, I, you can believe that America isn't, hasn't always been that much better than so many other countries, right? right. You don't have to fully subscribe to e pluribus unum to, to believe that we've lost our way and to believe that we should be different from, say, Kazakhstan um, in ways that are meaningful to how we operate as a society. Like we, we, are, we actually should believe, we should, democracy should function on some rudimentary level in order for <laughs> this thing to mean anything. And right. if it doesn't, then we're in real trouble. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a really long way of, winded way of saying that there are certain topics that interest me and certain things that I'd like to, you know, be involved with on a, on a creative level that I think could, could, you know, I think as artists, we're, we're, Artists who are in like the, the sort of like where commerce hits art pretty full on, you know, or <laughs> not like, like Gotham has artistic merit for sure on some level, but it's also for certainly a piece of commerce. Like sure. obviously, you know, you've got massive corporations involved and, 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 and that's okay. Um, but there's a part of you having been involved in things like that, that wants to, um, do something more, um, you know, more, more meaningful to you on a personal level, um, that can be your contribution, however minute to, you know, the conversation that the millions and billions of conversations that are happening right. daily. You right, know? right. I would imagine some of that comes from, from age and also staring at a, a two year old. Or, yeah, that's right. Know? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I, you want your 
kids to you want them to grow up in a world in a in a in a country in a world where America does mean something um, and not um, things that may and I'm it's very inspiring to I mean I'm sure a million people say this but it's very inspiring to watch these 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 younger people yeah. um, speaking out and and it's it's bizarre to 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 watch and and incredibly sad and incredibly inspiring at the same time the exact same moment to see the maturity they possess that are our elected leaders of many different elected leaders do not um it's it's a it's a strange time and it's a revolutionary time and it it should be um Man, we're ending on hope. This is good. We did it. We, <laughs> we came full it. circle. Uh, there was some cynicism in there, a sprinkle right. on, along the way, but we it's not there. about us. It's about the next generation. Oh, that's right, man. It's about the kids. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's been a pleasure to catch up with that's you today. Uh, um, Gotham, uh, it's episode 9,312 <laughs> that he's writing it on a wall, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it's a great show, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy that you're enjoying it and happy that you're getting to um, mix it up in different ways. Your second directing effort is airing this Thursday. Correct. This Thursday. This Thursday. Check it out. And um, you're welcome here anytime, man. Thanks, Thanks for stopping man. by. I really appreciate it. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>